Back to the Off the Tips podcast. We're back, and it is a monumental week for New Zealand golf with Dan Hillier getting the job done on the DP World Tour at the Betfred British Masters. And to break it down with me is a familiar face, but it's a it's a different human being. I'm, I'm telling you, uh, TZ had a had a bit of a withdrawal, uh, had, had some issues down in Dunedin where he's staying with a bit of a road closure so and to fill the void is David his brother so Dave welcome to the podcast mate cheers thank you Callum I guess it's pretty fitting that we're going through origin period at the moment where really other teams teams depth has been tested so um off the tips is no different and I think it's it's a it's a real pleasure to to come on board to this uh this emerging golfing empire that off the tips is becoming <laughs> So I look, oh, I look forward to this chat. I appreciate those those words, Dave. And you're by far the the best player that's that's uh, made his way onto the podcast. So, how is the golf going, and and how is the Templeton Pennant side uh, shaping up for for a big winter of uh, Woodward Cup defence? Uh, yeah, the game's been I guess steady enough. It was pretty non-existent f- for a period there with just going through exams, but managed to get out for a, um, a hit on the weekend and played club day and battled round for an even pass. So it, it was um, yeah, not too disappointed. Not too disappointed with that. I just uh, got off to a rough start and I had to hold like a thirty footer for bogey on the first. So I was pretty down in the dumps after that, but no, it, it was it was enjoyable to get back out there. Uh, and then in terms of just the interclub, uh, starting up in about a month or so, but um, the team seems to be in good shape. Uh, lost a couple of players, but we gained a couple. So yeah, looking forward to the season ahead. Yeah, that's good. And for those listening, D- Dave's one of two unbeaten players and it w- was one or two of um, unbeaten players in the Woodward Cup last year. So the man the man knows his way around a golf course and is a match match play machine. Oh, cheers. Thanks for the rap, Cal. <laughs> uh, how was the weekend, mate? And you've just recently been in Melbourne. TZ broke down your weekend in, in Melbourne a little bit, but how, how did you enjoy it personally? Yeah, it was, it was um, really enjoyable. Got to experience a, a bit of the Melbourne nightlife, which was which was a real treat. And it was, yeah, nice to catch up with a few mates and catch up, catch up with the family. Yeah, so it was really enjoyable. How about you? Did yeah, you... That- get up to anything notable on your weekend Nah, n- nothing really this weekend i had a bit of a i laid low to be honest had a pretty busy weekend the weekend before had uh our our mate matt over from from new zealand so we were just we were ripping in and, and doing some stuff so i just needed to taper off but a uh, big big weekend to, i'm playing golf again this weekend so it's been few and far between rounds so getting out to bonnie dune which is a a lovely lovely track I'm, I'm looking forward to it the game not in, not in a good way it's pretty non-existent but hopefully we find something yeah nice it's good to hear maybe maybe it's potentially has something to do with the lack of consistency in your rounds so maybe that's really something to really start to to groove into your calendar is getting a few more rounds together yeah uh, I think getting my membership in New Zealand runs out at the end of the month so I think I'll I'll look to 
to join back up at a club and, and get some regular reps in and, and start start practicing. But hey, we'll, we'll look forward to it. And what about what about TZ's uh, dilemma yesterday? Just snowed in down in Dunedin. Yeah, yeah. So he got uh, yeah he called me up and said that he'd uh, gone off out um, to get a brew. And then couldn't make it back to uh, the digs that he was staying at. So he said he parked up at Les Mills for about two hours on the treadmill. And then went to a Turkish joint uh, for another couple hours. And then went to a McDonald's for another hour to uh, start charging his phone. So he was, sounds like he was having, having a pretty torrid time there. So, but, so, but he, he got back last night, did he? Or did he have to find some accommodation in Dunedin Central? Yeah, no, he managed to stay at at another mate's place in in the city, so that seemed to work out well enough. And then and he made his first day of work down there on time, so he was I think he was pretty wrapped with that. But that's yeah, that's what you love to hear. So in the face of adversity, the off the tips guys just get it done. Yeah, absolutely. And he gave me a couple of wise words when he. Um, when he found out that I was coming on, he sort of it was a jersey presentation as such. He just said, to, to, "You know, rip in and fill the jersey," which is, I guess, all that the um, the off the tips boys can ask of me. Absolutely, and a bloke that filled filled his jersey on the DP World Tour this week was Dan Hillier. What what a finish! Six under on Sunday on a on a golf course that proved to be pretty pretty tricky and a pretty electric finish. Uh, did you catch much of Dan's round? Um, I yeah, I, I sort of woke up to the news. I, I knew he was in contention. I saw he was tied eleventh, and and I saw how bunched the leaderboard was going into the last round. Like he was coming eleventh, and he was only I think three back. Maybe he might have been four back, but it just showed you how yeah bunched the leaderboard was. And then I sort of woke up and saw the um him a photo of him holding the trophy, and geez, and I, I was yeah, it was it's amazing to see a, a Kiwi on the world stage doing something like that. Yeah, historically a pretty big event, the British Masters. It didn't probably have its its greatest field. They normally get all the big English guys, and they it was still a strong enough field, but it was it's normally a, an event that has a exceptionally kind of strong strong playing group. But geez, you have to be made of some fairly special stuff to finish the way he did. You know, an eagle at fifteen holding a forty footer and a birdie. A birdie at 16 with probably one of the better second shots I've seen in a long time out of a fairway bunker. And then obviously the the second shot again into 17 where he put it to six feet and, and made eagle. Uh, and then a pretty pretty clutch par putt on, on 18. Just, yeah, I think it's a special kind of swagger and I'm, I'm here for it. I'd, I was really, really impressed with the way he closed that tournament out. Yeah, absolutely. It's yeah, it's awesome to see. And I just looking at sort of the the outcomes of his win, and he's sort of catapulted up to fourteenth in the race to Dubai, and now up to one hundred thirtieth in the official world rankings. So, and also, I guess this win gives him a massive amount of sort of security in his position on the tour. It gives him, I'm fairly sure, it's at least two years uh, exemption, and also he gets a start in um, in the the Open Championship coming up. So. That's awesome that now he can um, has really ha- has a place to play on for the next two years and can really sort of start to um, find some roots on the tour. Yeah, he, what 
when I was doing a bit of digging today, he hasn't been super impressive statistically, just kind of consistently above tour average across the board, except his sand saves where he's ranked 156th and he's only inside the top 50 on in uh, greens and regulation. So that just shows like how he's just kind of hit a run of form recently, like three top fives in his last four starts and to capitalise with a win, win is just uh, pretty impressive and it just shows that stats don't really matter. You just need to get the ball in the hole. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess he gets a fair amount of NZD for his uh, for his efforts as well. And also I just noticed, like, I was having a look at his uh, season um, to date and it just it seems massively rocks or diamonds. Like his last seven events had, th- as you said, um, three top fives but then four missed cuts. But I guess it shows that he's one of those guys that when he, when he sort of um, finds it f- during the week, he really sort of he really has it and is um, and really um, has a really good outcome, and that's really uh, it's really positive uh, for a guy like that, especially someone pretty young and in their first season on the main tour. It's it's awesome that um, he can get he's been in contention a lot. Yeah, just ticking that box of winning is is kind of a hoodoo that overshadows kind of a lot of guys. So to get that done pretty early on in your career is um it's a great sign and geez I'm I'm looking forward of kind of what's to come. Yeah, massively. Yeah. I I, I hope he's celebrated in New Zealand style with with something in a, in, a, in a Kiwi way. Yeah, what do you reckon his um go to lager of choice over there would have been? Oh, he's he's a he's a Wellington he's a Wellington man, so potentially he might be familiar in the craft beer scene. So that could be an yeah. option. Yeah. So, but um, yeah, that's not really my palate. But uh, or he maybe could be something really old school and just like a maybe a double brown just to wash it down. Yeah, tough to get your hands on a double brown in London, but you never know. After you've won the British Masters, some doors might open. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I understand you, you've played in the sa- a same event as uh, Hillier one day. Did you beat him? <laughs> nah, mate. Nah, I've, I've maybe a couple tournaments, junior tournaments that I've played in where – and he, he seemed to always win every single tournament that he played in. I guess it, he's one of those guys who have who just won at every single level um, growing up. Like he's, a, he's a few years older than me, but I think he won the New Zealand junior – New Zealand under-19s, New Zealand amateur, New Zealand stroke play, and then – has won on the the Charles Tour, which is sort of the New Zealand um, professional uh, t- tour, and then uh, yeah, so it just shows you that it was only really a matter of, of time before he won on this main tour. Yeah, just winning is just a habit, isn't it? And and he's obviously got that in in spades. So, geez, what a what a win! And it kind of changes up his schedule for the rest of the year. I think he was going over to play a couple of PGA Tour events leading in. Or leading into the Open and the week off the Open that he's had to scratch because he's got to start in a major, which is, geez, yeah, you love to see it. And hopefully heads into that in some kind of form and kind of maybe shakes, shake things up a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. It's also massive that he joins um, Ryan Fox in the, the Open field. So it's awesome that we can have a couple Kiwis there to, um, to really get around come the Open Championship. Yeah, for sure. And over on the other side of the world was a, a guy that hadn't won for a long time in 
and Ricky Fowler at the Rocket Mortgage Classic in Detroit. Uh, I watched a good chunk of this last night as I was up kind of watching the ashes and I was flicking and toing and froing between it. And it was a massive kind of birdie fest, but he, he held his nerve down the stretch and won in a playoff over Colin Morikawa and Adam Hadwin. Uh, I don't know if you saw any of Ricky Fowler's game, but just in terms of over the last kind of six months, it's we talk about it all the time on this podcast, AC and I, but he's just been really, really improving. And you could just tell that one of these was around the corner. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was. He's he's been. Uh, he was a clear favourite coming into the tournament. I guess just with his with his form line, he was. He's had in his last seven, seven events, he's had uh, all top thirteens. I'm fairly sure. So that was. It's really awesome to see him um, finally. I guess convert one, and we all know um, how close he came at the, at the U.S. Open, and and I'm sure there wasn't. There wouldn't have been a golf punter out there who wasn't backing, um, who wasn't rooting for Fowler uh, today in, in his win. So that's just awesome. And I think it's just yeah, a real win for the game of golf. Yeah, I think you've hit the nail on the head there, really. And he's been so solid statistically over the last kind of, like I said, six months. And on tour this this year, he's eighth in uh, stroke, strokes gained total, 7th in strokes gained approach, 30th in putting, 4th in scoring, and 4th in birdie averages. So, look, like when you're ticking the top 10 in numerous categories, you, you're going to be at the, the top of the leaderboard more often than you are. And the constant knock on Ricky is he just couldn't can't get it done on Sundays. And he faltered a little bit towards the end there, but that was probably – one of the more clinical displays uh, I've seen from him just kept making birdies, but so did everyone else. And yeah, that the way he played that playoff hole was, it's going to be great for him going forward. And I really like him heading into the open. What do you think about that? Yeah, absolutely. We all know that. I think Thomas mentioned it last week that he's got form over in, uh, over in Europe he's, with a win in the Scottish Open a, a number of years ago. So he's he's definitely comfortable playing in those Lynx styles, and he's and he seems to have all the shots. So absolutely, he'll definitely be uh, he'll definitely be be a favourite, I'm sure. And hopefully, he can get in contention again because of this this win would have only um, done him wonders, especially. Um, and for future Sundays. Yeah, uh, and he was there or thereabouts at Royal Liverpool last time, so, yeah, you never know. He's just, he's playing so well, and he's that new putter that's everyone, it's on everyone's Christmas list, I think, that uh, that Jailbird Odyssey. Uh, it, so he's he's rolling it so well. Yeah, absolutely. That, that putter seems like a bit of a Houdini. Yeah, it, it is. And just <laughs> over in Spain, Live Golf, Taylor Gooch just getting his third Live win, the, the most winningest Live player of all time in, uh, in Spain, uh, held off Bryson and Brooks. Uh, didn't He wasn't playing at the US Open because of kind of alternative reasons. He wasn't allowed and then he didn't want to go play the qualifying like a few of the other guys did so he didn't play but it's going to be interesting to see how he stacks up when he when he gets to the open against all of these guys yeah yeah he seems to obviously 
seems to be in some really red hot form this year. But it's it's weird. They just don't seem to have any sort of mainstream media coverage for for the Live Tour at the moment. Like I only saw, um, I think it was this morning that I saw. That I just saw a headline saying Gooch outlasts DeChambeau and Kepka, and I was like, oh geez, like is 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 this actually a thing? Like I thought it could have been just something sort of just just something about from a few weeks ago because of it was just yeah just no main main mainstream media coverage and it seems i guess pretty hard to access any any highlights or anything what are your thoughts on on that cow yeah well i think that they're it is being covered uh, like day to day and after the tournaments but yeah it, i'd imagine in new zealand it is quite hard to watch i know they're on a special app and i think it's the cw app where you have to pay it was on youtube last year which was pretty accessible and over here in australia it's on seven seven plus so you can actually watch it but i'm not too sure about in new zealand that would be pretty hard to access any any kind of live coverage i know that i know the highlights are being uploaded again to youtube so people can catch them there but in terms of the mainstream media coverage, I know most golf outlets are covering it, but it doesn't it doesn't get covered like the other tours still. And they have what I have noticed is this isn't obviously mainstream media, but they just have heaps of kind of real agenda pushing like Twitter accounts that are quite hostile to towards the other tours and the other players, which I just I don't really love. Like, I wasn't a big live guy when it first started. I'm starting to come around to it a little bit more, but the live kind of content people handle everything is not what it kind of should be. If you if you get what I mean. Yeah, yeah. I, I haven't I haven't noticed any um sort of anything that live have put out on their socials. But yeah, that's interesting that you note that that you're really I guess you, that you're not um too happy or not not necessarily not happy but just you think it's it's not as classy as say the pga tour ha- have run their social media account which is a pretty well oiled oh, machine i don't know if the pga tour social media is a well-oiled machine i'm i reckon they have gotten a little bit better recently but traditionally they've been pretty shocking i think the dp world tour in terms of content really set the standard with kind of some of the challenges and stuff they do and what they get the players to do. Whereas the PGA tour and live a pretty like just mediocre run of the mill, but yeah, they should, they should bring back those uh, YouTube. Uh, they, where they got where the pros stand there all day and try and make a hole in one. That's cracking content for anyone out there. Yeah. Who's, who's needing a, who's needing a laugh or just, it's just that they have a pro who it's on YouTube where a pro attempts to, on about a hundred and fifty meter hole, they, he's there all day trying to make a hole in one. So it's and yeah. I, I'm not sure if any of them actually do, but they get pretty exhausted doing it. Yeah, I think it's five hundred balls. I know Andy Sullivan, the Englishman, he he made one. Like so, it was like his four hundred and something ball or something along those lines. It's um, yeah. yeah, you're right. That is good content. And they, the fourteen club challenge and stuff they do are always good fun i know this week they had uh nick faldo playing against justin rose so yeah it was it's it's always good to see that sort of stuff and i think these other tours can kind of take a leaf that for a tour that's probably doesn't have the personnel and the and the fields that these other tours have the dp world tour certainly are the bar setters in terms of content and accessibility just a couple of things on the on the golf this week that I kind of 
noted, I I saw this week on the PGA Tour especially, Ricky was saved by, well, the event was saved, I should say, by Ricky being in content, contention. But I think if he wasn't, it would have been a pretty pretty nothing event to watch. Um, it was a birdie fest and, like, pretty weak field, all things considered, after kind of the events we've come out of. And we're heading into another one again this week at the John Deere that scores of 21 under won it last year, 19 under won it in 2021, and 21 under won it in 2019. Do you have any kind of thoughts on how you would add a bit more juice to these events on the PGA Tour especially? Because we're not going to get this sort of luck with the leaderboards week in, week out, and we have been very lucky with the storylines that have kind of happened in these these events. Yeah, I, I think it's been also – and during the week, there was it's pretty. Of course, becomes pretty defenseless out there, considering the quality of the PGA Tour players. That when there's uh, when the winds, it's pretty benign weather conditions. That it's they're really, especially with the soft greens that they had in the final round, because of the the round was brought forward a few hours due to the sort of um, there was some rain around. So especially soft greens, it's, it's so hard for a course to really to really. Um, face it, be a stiff competition for, for these players, especially considering their quality. But I, I just don't think there's um, there's not much that, that these people, that the tour can do really. Like they, they don't want to be too artificial in how they set up courses. They just want to keep them, I guess, how, they, how they've been set up by their course designer. And so I'm not too sure what TPC Dare Run can offer this week. Um, but yeah, here's hoping that maybe the wind kicks up and we can get a sort of a 12 under and re- really see a few bogeys. Because I know um, I was seeing the stats and the, the seventh hole uh, at the most recent tournament played it played like 4.3 uh, to to par and it's a 500 meter par five. So and there was a hundred more birdies than pars and almost more eagles than than bogeys so it's showing you really that how i guess how defenseless that a 500 meter par five can be for these tour players yeah and i i tend to kind of bring it back to this rolling the ball back debate i think it's just a no-brainer to happen i i don't know what what you think about it you gotta you gotta change something these guys are hitting hitting balls with frying pan drivers almost and balls that are just way too advanced and they're just bullying all these golf courses I think rolling something back like maybe the ball's not the right thing I know everyone's kicked up about that but I personally think it is and then you can take events back to well to golf courses that are that are a little bit shorter and maybe a little bit better value yeah, yeah. There's, it'd be interesting to see where that that ball debate uh, ends up in terms of it's just there's not much. Uh, I know there's obviously been a bit of backlash from some players have come out and and been really hard against it. I know Bryson has, and but there's also been a couple of players who who actually do support it. So it'd be interesting to see see where this ends up. And I guess it's just something a space to watch. Yeah. Do you think kind of with these non-designated event weeks or non-major weeks as well, does it make the the live stuff seem like a better spectacle than it is? Not, 
it's just a bit different. Even though you'd you'd probably only mark two or three of their events as a real success. Can with this new agreement that's obviously going through the courts at the moment, do you think it'll be an effect kind of these these nothing events that we yeah. we tend to see? Hopefully, yeah. I, I think I think it, it could, but I, I still comes back to the potentially a big issue with the PGA Tour is that they run, they do like forty four events a year, so there's just really no time off. So it's pretty hard to expect players to turn up each week for these these events. So and it's it's a bit like sort of the origin. I, I like to draw everything back to the origin arena, and it's uh, and whereas it's only three games a year, so all the froth levels are high from everyone. Whereas the PJ Tour, it's week, it's rolls Sunday, and then it just as quickly rolls around to Thursday when it's starting mm. again. So it's there's really no time to sort of to build any excitement and sort of froth levels for the game. So I think you maybe have, yeah, you maybe have three weeks off at the end of the season, and then it's back into it. Uh, it's um, yeah, it's it's a hard one, and I think it's something that you could definitely make better. I know AC and I talk all the time about taking events to out of the States and I know everyone and every golf person in Australia would would tell you that they need to be bringing events down here and I know logistically it's super hard it's a long long way especially for a, for a week but maybe turning it into a bit of a swing where you, you play maybe four or five weeks down this part of the world play in South Africa maybe put a bit of an emphasis on some national opens and and correlate them to all be played kind of week after week and, and, and do it that way. I, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see what it looks like under this this new PIF agreement. But, yeah, I just think that kind of weeks like this, when they don't get the, the guys they really need at the top of the leaderboard and it's just it, it just lacks a bit of, bit of oomph or, or juice for me. Yeah, hopefully, uh, come this week we can have. I'm not too sure who are the who are the gun players in the field this week. I haven't I haven't had, had a look, but hopefully that they can really get in and um, get amongst the the top echelon of the leaderboard. Yeah, there's the the field's not great this week. There's nine of the top fifty in the world there. Cameron Young, who's speaking of lacking lacking a bit of juice, he's kind of really battled. Battled as of late, you would have thought he'd pick, have picked up a PGA Tour win by now. And then guys like Ludwig, Aberg are going to head there, and Gordon Sargent. So yeah, it, and JT Poston will defend. So look, there's obviously going to be some some decent some decent players there, but it's not going to be. It's probably going to be a worse field than what was this week. And just also, just as a side note, I and. Listening to a couple of podcasts, I know how hard up AC is about Ludwig, and especially in terms of Ryder Cup selection. And I, I saw that uh, Luke Donald actually came out and said that he's really looking into Ludwig as a possible captain's pick. So I think that's really something that should really fire AC up and potentially um, what a call that would be if we can sort of time stamp his comment and um, if, if he does become a captain's pick and, and keeps his form up. Yeah, look, I don't think AC's the the only podcaster writing for for Ludwig. I think there's a few guys out there that are that maybe were onto it a little bit earlier than him. Uh, but look, yeah, he's been playing exceptionally well, and 
I know AC's going to come on next week and really kind of break down Ludwig's career to date. So it'll be it'll be very topical and great for the off the tips boys if he was to win the John Deere and then we go into that. But yeah, mate, I think the way he's playing, it's he's it's going to be very very hard to ignore him for the Ryder Cup. And I watched a little kind of twelve minute video that was released in uh, January about him before he obviously got his tour card and he head back, heads back to Sweden in winter and trains in the snow and yeah it's it's proper character building stuff so I think he's he's made of the, the right equipment to succeed at the top level and yeah it's probably only a matter of time before we see him win one of these yeah it's great to hear that he loves to go old school yeah, maybe he's got that sort of blue collar mindset that um, that me and you have, Cal. That really willing to go into the mines. Yeah, get get on the on the railways and just really really dig deep. We'll move over to our our playoff holes to to wrap up the the podcast this week. And Dave, I don't know if you're familiar with with what we do here. I gave TZ his own his own segment. Last week, I don't know if you heard his his non negotiables. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I definitely heard them, and I played them. Actually, went out for a few holes on Wednesday, Arvo, and we were sort of we teamed up, and I, he was really he was really into me about sort of his his team ethos and re, really supporting one another. So I really made sure I, I got around him. <laughs> yeah, that's that's great to hear. But we normally kick off playing holes with teeing off, which is pretty self-explanatory and I'm, I'm sure you've heard it before and Dave do you have anything you want to tee off on this week yeah but I've got I've got one for you Cal uh, I just think I think it's so underrated how I'm how, how a must for calls are in golf like the, the, yesterday I was sitting out the front of the pro shop uh, while I was working actually and I was just sitting on a picnic table and a bloke uh Come down nine for anyone out there who's played Templeton. He was coming down down the ninth hole, and I'm sitting at my picnic table having ha- having a feed, and the ball lands, I think, about a foot from me on the picnic table, just bang. And I was just like, "What? No heads up, no nothing." And then yeah. the guy wanders over, and uh, he was like, "Oh, oh, uh, sorry, mate. Uh, I was just trying to cut my five iron in, into a back flag from two hundred out." And just double crossed it, and it got caught on the wind. And I was like, "Here we are! You're like, you're like forty, you're like thirty long and fifty wide. What, what's going on here, mate?" And then he didn't give me anything, and then proceeded to ask me, "Oh, uh, he was sitting, not, he was sitting not on the concrete. He was like, oh, this is a free drop, isn't it?'" I was like, "No, nah, mate, you're about thirty ob, fella." <laughs> yeah. So, oh, and I just think it goes back to how a must a four call is, and surely also like. Who doesn't love giving out a big, big four yell? You know, it's, it's great to get rid of any any sort of emotions after a bad shot. Yeah, I think you've you've summed it up pretty well there. That's that's pretty funny. That's a pretty large miss from from nine at at Templeton. That, yeah, he, he's cleared the, he's cleared the car parks where my my very good wagon was. So we'd be we'd be having words if he nicked my very good tractor. <laughs> oh that's pretty funny mate I, that's that's gonna be hard to follow up with teeing, teeing off mine was pretty mediocre this week it was it was just a uh, flat white's been a single shot in australia not a double shot <laughs> winds me up so i have to order one with an extra extra shot every time i 
every time I get it. And normally in New Zealand, I'd get an extra shot, but I feel like a psychopath asking for for three shots of coffee. So I just kind of settle for two. Yeah, yeah. I um, I can't really re- relate with that, but I'm familiar with uh, – in Australia, you can get a magic, which is a, a double shot, um, a, a double shot three quarter latte. It's something a bit different out there for our you for our listeners. So if, if you're ever in Melbourne, it, it's apparently a Melbourne sort of local brew, and it's um, it, it goes really nice actually. So yeah, that's okay. potentially a little tip for you. Nice. I um I also copped a a bit of a spray from one of the one of the local coffee makers up a, up on the main street here he's just like a little hole in the wall sort of coffee guy makes a decent bro and i went up I'm, I'm normally an alternative milk sort of guy so yeah yeah oat milks and yeah almond milks not really rig based decision i just quite like the taste and it's just a little bit thinner and not as heavy as a you know a, a solid milk but i went up there and i was like oh i'll just get i'll just get normal milk this this morning and i asked him for a trim a trim flat white and he's like mate like what is that i don't know what that is like i haven't heard that in years and i was like oh, oh i don't know what do you what do you call it he's like i know where you're from you're from you're from new zealand and i was like yeah yeah i am like he's like we call it a skinny flat white i was like oh, okay mate like so you did know what it was <laughs> and then then he proceeded to to just make me one so was it was like, did oh, you make a big bro or, or or was it yeah. fair enough Nah, it was a it was a decent brew, but there's there's a place uh, down pretty local where I work that is a consistently a, a burnt brew. I I think they there's something wrong with their espresso machine. I don't I don't frequent it unless it's an absolute necessity. Yeah, that's pretty untidy. Someone burning burning a brew for their crust. Yeah, that's yeah. that's not on. It's it's one of the worst actually. I can't cop burnt coffee it's oh, it's so poor we'll go we'll go around the grounds ac normally goes around the grounds and just kind of wraps up in a couple of seconds all the kiwis that have played around the world this week uh michael campbell played at the u.s senior open and missed the cut which unfortunately for for camber would he be he would have been looking for a good performance there being a obviously a past champion of the traditional US Open. Harry Hillier finished T4 on the PGA Tour Latin America and Charlie Hillier f- finished in a tie for 47th. And just a big shout out to Amelia Garvey and Lydia Ko who are both teeing up at Pebble Beach this week at the US Women's Open, which will be a- an outstanding, outstanding watch to see the best in the world go around there in a major championship. I actually, I can't wait for that actually. It'd be rude to... To give his brother a playoff hole and not give not give him one, and so D's, this is going to be DZ's hidden gem where he where he gives us some info on a on a golf course you might not have heard of before and something that he that he rates pretty highly. So Dave, DZ's hidden gem golf course of the week, what is it? Yeah, um, my first one. I'm going to start start one that's from around home. So I'm, I'm a I'm a, a Nelson boy. So. Um, so I'm starting with one in the Tasman region. Uh, actually, it's Mochuaca Golf Club. So it's it's not really a hidden gem for any for any Tasman players because because they sort of know the quality of this course. But any one from outside the region, uh, Mochuaca is an absolute must. It's it's always in re- it's always in really good nick, and it's uh, it's it's extremely narrow course, and it's but it's it's a really proper, tr- very traditional parklands course. 
and it's and it's um it's a really really nice course it's a great layout but it's just as i said before extremely narrow off the tee but it's not terribly long so you can be quite defensive around there but it, the course has a real knack of uh having some relatively decent players shoot some mammoth numbers so i think yeah i think an 85 for a for a sort of a five handicapper is not unusual around there especially if you if you're straying off off the tee so it, it's it's a and it has really competitive green fees from memory so it's if anyone and sort of go into the tasman region it's it's a real must you put that sort of on on the bucket list and really make the trick out there it's only about 35 minutes from from nelson so and so i definitely would highly recommend it yeah i i've actually i've, I've played watch awaker and i really enjoyed it too so yeah. how did you go did, did you tear it up I actually played okay from from memory. I I couldn't give you an exact number. It was a long time ago, but I I played all right. It was it was not really a, a competitive round. It was just kind of like a summer round. I think I might have even played in bare feet. It was just a bit of a, a hit and giggle. But yeah, I I agree with you. It was a really good track. I I, I thoroughly enjoyed it actually. With higher clubs clubs, I believe. Yeah. I oh, it's we, it's always an issue. Yeah, so yeah, it was just it was just a bit of fun while, while we were up in the in the Abel Tasman for a bit of a bit of a summer holiday. Yeah, especially if anyone going up into the Abel Tasman, it's probably it's probably a driver on a pitching wedge from from the Abel Tasman uh, National Park. So it's it's a real must. It's a yeah, it's a real must for anyone floating about that region. Yeah, and I I think that'll do us for today, Dave. I. I I think that's a sensational debut, and I, th- I think uh, we'll be seeing you again. Some some great analysis there, and look, I think we we might have our hands on a, a Zorab podcast going for. We off the tips might have have some competition with the with the TZ and DZ golf golf punditry. Yeah, that definitely could be something to look in, into. I, I guess I'd be the whole podcast. You'd be trying to just get Thomas back into the line. And especially if he if he's come off a good score on the weekend, he'd be pretty he'd be pretty chipper. So, and I note he's pretty chipper at the moment after he he uh, he beat me uh, last week. So uh, he'll be he'll be firing up uh, for his next stint on this podcast, and really he'll be really wrapped to, to tell all the listeners about how he's gone in his battles. Yeah, he he wasn't super keen on his gross score being mentioned uh, last week from the weekend before, where he he said he he had some some issues with uh, his ball striking, but and and you, I believe, tore up the golf course that day. Oh, I think that's all just part of um one off the tips um, values is accountability, so it all ties back into that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, cheers, guys, for, for tuning in today, and hopefully you enjoyed the pod. As always, get behind us on on socials, like, subscribe, and, and share so we can keep growing. We got a a one on one with the Kiwi Caddy coming up in the next couple of weeks, so keep your ear, ears peeled for that. And Dave, mate, really appreciate you filling the jersey today, and all the best with your season ahead. Just go home. That's your Appreciate it. Are you